When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hello. Hi. Welcome, you shafologizers. Shafologies. <laughs> We are your shafologists. Yes, fellow shafologists. Fellow shafologists yeah, in this great shafology world. The followers of shafology. Can you guys come up with a fan name for yeah. yourselves, Interns? please? No, no. Can we, can we outsource that to you, <laughs> interns? <laughs> now this week, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary pals, we are talking about B-sides, hey. the unreleased, the tracks that... Weren't the main single from the album, or if we're talking proper old school records, then the actual B side that you flipped over mm. that wasn't the lead track the that was released. Track. The secret right. track, the hidden track. Mm. Usually the, the track that was considered not as good. Yeah, usually that's why it's the B side. Mm. Either that it had some sort of reason for coupling it with the A side, with the main single, or that it was just they wanted to release it, but it wasn't as strong as yes. the, as the right. A side. And that's what we're discussing tonight. We hope that you're as excited as we are. We're going to take a short little break and we'll be right back with Just Vetter. Hey, ladies, come listen with me, Mixie Plum, as wonderful women I know, or even just met, share their soulful stories and experiences for them and us to all learn and heal together. But in my own riot girl kind of way, you know explicitly, confidently, and loud. We all want to speak. We all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. Roar more with me and open your lady mouth. Disclaimer, lady mouth is also for dudes, too. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about B-sides, those tracks that maybe the band, maybe the producers, who knows, decided just weren't mm. going to cut it as strong as them A-sides. And we're talking with Josh DeVetto about his choices. Hi. Well, thank you again for the microphone, everybody. Um, <laughs> now, I've gone more deep album cuts. That's the choice. That's the pathway mm-hmm, I've gone mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Songs that aren't singles, but are definitely on the album. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my B-sides mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. So, uh, first off the bat, I want wanted to actually choose a Mariah Carey song. Oh, what? So, you know, it's a standard of my of me to choose at least something Mariah Carey per, per podcast. <laughs> um, and this is uh, so this song is called Outside and it's from the album Butterfly which was released in 1997. Now, this is one of the few songs that actually have a, it's like it's not um a produced R&B, it's really like um like uh, it's uh, all live instruments, basically. It's very, but it's very still very R and B. And the song is about being biracial and um, how you kind of walk on the earth and be around people, but you still feel like you're on the outside compared to everybody else. Mm. And the, so there's some really really beautiful lyrics in this in here as well. Um, the opening it goes, um, it's hard to explain inherent inherently. It's just always been strange that you're neither here nor there, always somewhat out of place everywhere, ambiguous, without a sense of belonging to touch, somewhere halfway. Feeling that there's no feeling there's no one completely the same, which is really, really, really 
really, really deep and really, really emotional. Mm. Uh, and she sings a living crap out of the song as well. It's actually one of her best vocal performances and very, really mm. not many people know about it, which is really, really cool. So it's like the last track on Butterfly. So if you have a moment, well, it's going to be on the playlist anyway, but it's very, very live drums, which is always exciting. Yes. Um, live like e-piano, all that kind of stuff. It's really, 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 really cool. So that's my first choice outside, get into it. Um, if people go, <laughs> Josh, um, what song really explains how you feel? This is the song I direct them to uh, yeah which is very very cool all right my next choice uh is oh exciting okay so um it's a christina aguilera song (laughs) (laughs) josh just perked up so hard (laughs) there was a light (laughs) i've always wanted to talk about this song but i never had the right crowd to talk about Mm -hmm. well a lot of my friends aren't as aren't as like nerdy about music as i am like sure Anyway, so the, um, Christina back in 2002 had this incredible album called Stripped and it really Love was it. like um, an album for a particular generation. And yeah, this was absolutely. her like, I guess like, this was her way of like getting out of the um, pop bubblegum pop girl image, Disney, yeah. mm-hmm. former Disney star, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And really coming into her She's into out her of the own, bottle. Yeah, she's out the of the bottle. Yeah. Into the spotlight. <laughs> and really, but also she really, we talked about how Alanis Morissette, everything had to be authentic to her, mm-hmm. even down to the instrumentation, everything like that. This is her jagged little pill. Sure, right. In, the, in, yep. in that way. Um, you know, straight off the bat, came out songs like Dirty. Yeah. Um, love that song. I love Fighter. Like, I think that song Beautiful. is so good. Beautiful as yep. well, which is like yeah, very, very, and I, yeah, a very personal song to me as well. And the song I've chosen from that album, it's a, it's like track five or six from memory, and it's called uh, Infatuation. Yes. And it's this um, Latino inspired, I've got flamingo guitar, but on the back of a hip hop oh. beat. Yeah. Um, and it's talking about her first ever love who was a, who was a Hispanic boy mm. um, it was he was actually a backup dancer of hers back in the bubblegum pop days called his name was uh, or George or Jorge is what you say in, yeah. in Spanish La- yes. in Latino and I don't know why I even put that accent come on appropriation anyway so, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so this is all about because he really was her first love and it was all about like when you're in love for the first time and how you make excuses for this person because you're in love and you kind of like ignore Red, red flags because you're infatuated by this person. Yeah. I think mm. about the first time you ever like really had a big crush or you love somebody and you want to know what they're doing. You were like wondering what they're doing with their day. You're, you're looking at your phone hoping that some text messages come through. Like, yeah, so relatable. Kind of so it's really, really, and so it was all Latin inspired to kind of, you know, um, I guess encapsulate the story of him being like this Hispanic boy that had this hold over her because mm. she would have been in love for the first time sort of thing. Um, yeah, so that's, my, so that's my second choice. Infatuation, Christian Aguilera, get into Stripped is a great album. So if you haven't heard it, it's nearly 20 years old, that album. I know, I can't. Which is amazing. And it's still a solid piece of work Mm. um, to this day. Yeah, I remember, yeah, just having that album on repeat on my CD. Same, At the end of my bed every night. Mm. And like The Voice Within. I used to drive around town. Yeah, The Voice Within. Yeah, The Voice Within. I was trying to remember all the tracks from it. And um, there's another um, one on there, I'm OK, that's about her being um, witnessing domestic abuse as a child and everything. Yes, yes. Good, um, really, really good album. Anyway, my next choice. Uh, the next three are really more like lighthearted. Well, not actually, though, they're not. But um, anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but it, I am choosing Katy Perry. Of now, course. I have a bit of a past with uh, Katy Perry being yeah. like a big fan of hers and I've seen traveling around the country to see her shows <laughs> and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And anyway, this is the last song on her album, One of the Boys. Now, this album had I Kissed a Girl, Wake Up in Vegas. I guess it's her first. So her first, was it her no, first album? One of her first album was actually a Christian gospel album. This is her oh, second. Okay. technically her second album. But okay. her first pop sort of first mainstream. Pop, well, first pop um, puree. puree? No, no, foray first, foray that's the word yeah. um, <laughs> I'm like Katie Perry, I'm thinking of a blender one, her first album was with her real name which is Katie Hudson yes. yeah oh okay, okay so this is first as yeah, Katie Perry yeah first as Katie yeah. Perry um, really really good like solid piece of pop album sort of mm. thing uh, now this song's called I'm Still Breathing and it's about like uh Kind of, I kind of feel like a little bit like this at the moment like where you're kind of just like walking around you feel a bit lifeless and you are just going through your each and every day your, your groundhog day mm, <laughs> sort of thing like every emotions. day is the same mm-hmm. all the emotions and everything like that but you go like 
I'm still, but I'm still breathing. Like yep. I'm still breathing, but I'm barely alive. That's actually what the lyrics are. I'm still mm. breathing, but we're barely alive. Um, and so, and like going through a breakup and everything as well. Like sure. so, when everything in your world's kind of really, really shit, but you can go well, at least I'm still breathing. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. Like you know, and I'm, but it, but I think like you know, are you alive? You're alive, but are you actually living? That's the whole like right, uh, yeah, right. I guess like question posed. Um, what not a pop sound like it's not doesn't sound like I kissed a girl or um, what's the other songs hot and cold or mm. thinking of you or anything like that it really is um, stands on it's very own. different from the the tunes that she released yes, exactly. yeah yeah because exactly that's that's right. the thing that I notice about a lot of pop stars is that when they release songs from their album they're all pretty cookie cutter in a way yes. they're very similar because they're like well if the public liked that then they're gonna like this and they're exactly. gonna like and this. i'm sure it's you know like mm. there's a whole team behind them oh, exactly. oh yeah exactly exactly, exactly. Which is why everyone should still go get into albums because that's when you actually yeah, get yeah. a body of work yeah. sort of thing yes exactly um I've also got a Taylor Swift's choice in here. Now, this no. one, this wasn't a single. <laughs> and it's from her third album, uh, Speak Now. Mm-hmm. This one where she's got the purple dress on in the, on the front cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, the song is now this song is very like quintessential Taylor Swift, a bit whiny. Um, the song's called Enchanted. And um, the song says, like, it's, it, it talks about like when you meet someone and you never see them again, but you kind of like are thinking about them. Right, <laughs> yep. like What mm. could be? And I remember at the time I was kind of like really crushed. I think I was in university when I heard this song and I was really crushing hard on someone. And the bridge goes, please don't be in love with someone else. Please don't have someone waiting on you. Like mm. I was like, that's yep. how I feel right now. Like you're kind of like <laughs> yes. hoping, waiting, wishing that they, that they don't have anyone else that, they, that they're pursuing, even though I barely know who you are sort of thing. Sure. And so it's very Dear Diary. Um, and it's yeah, really, really nice. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like got my earphones in at 11 p.m. at night crying <laughs> just to get all my depression out of my system. <laughs> sort of thing. And I'll put on a song like this. I'll do that sometimes too if I'm like I feel really sad I'm going to put on a song that makes yes. me sadder yes. and really sit this one out yep sometimes you just have to do that you, know? you do you know, and it, it helps through it, it works yeah. Um, yeah so that's a Taylor Swift choice really really solid deep album cut um, I am starting to fall in love with Taylor Swift again. I'm so, mm. <laughs> yeah, I go through like cycles of like loving and not loving sure. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yep. Um, okay, and then my last choice is actually a Britney Spears song. Wow. Shout out to my friend Brendan. <laughs> because he's going to gag when I choose this. And it's a song called Autumn Goodbye. It's from her very first album. Wow. Not a single. Um, when you listen to it, you'll be like, this, is, this song just sounds gay as hell. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, look, the song doesn't mean anything. It's just like autumn, and the song just just goes autumn goodbye, autumn goodbye. It's just it's like exactly from her. You baby have to one, be yes. auto-tuned there to get <laughs> yes. that sound. So, um, baby, one more time. From, but that's yes, the album it's from. I remember that. And song. yeah, and so yeah, I just chose that because it's not a single. I just love Britney Spears. <laughs> so that's the only reason why I chose it just to mix up. So yeah, I've got a very pop princess. Yeah. Uh, Deep album cup. So, and also, I looked at everyone else's choices on our little sheet, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go complete opposite to everybody. Yeah, mm. <laughs> cool. Adding some. And then my, and then my, I've got no honorable mentions. Oh wow! None. None. I'm impressed. One. Um, you know, because it was my mandate to have the shortest segment out of everyone for this episode. So <laughs> yeah, you did really yeah, well. And that's it. That's my playlist. That's <laughs> my that's my five choices. Oh, that's amazing! Pop sensation. Mm. Thank you so much, Josh. That no was beautiful. I can't wait to listen to those peppery pop. Oh, I was trying to think of another word for divas that didn't come, didn't come quickly enough that yes. started with P for the alliteration. Yeah. Well, yeah, pop princess is definitely the best. Yeah. Well, stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back with Asabi's Choices. You've got to kill your darlings, as the writer's adage goes, and I want your help killing mine. Are you a lover of the fantasy adventure novel? Have you ever wanted to add a class at Hogwarts or rearrange the nations of Middle-earth? Perhaps you'd redesign the alethiometer or tweak the cosmos of the Discworld. Now's your chance. Kill My Darlings is an interactive fantasy writing podcast where you take on the role of editor and give feedback on a brand new world as it's created. Or just vicariously enjoy the writing process. I'm waiting for you to kill my darlings right now, wherever you listen to good podcasts. Kill My Darlings is proudly part of the That's Not Canon Productions podcast network.
and we're back. All righty. Well, we just had a powerful five songs chosen for the last playlist. You know, real, real, real good. Actually, some of those songs are actually really, really good, I don't have to say. Yeah. Um, now, we're just going to just remind you that we are talking about deep album cuts B-sides. That's what we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, today with our choice. It's something a little bit different. We've done a lot, a lot of, you know, real mainstream music, I guess, you know, or the, a lot of singles in, mm. in, in our – we've actually – I just um, did a bit of maths before. We've now actually reviewed over 255 songs uh, for okay. our Shuffology mm. playlist. So I think that deserves a round of applause. Amazing. I can't wait for us to get to our first 500. That's, that would be amazing. Oh my Thanks, goodness. audience. So we're going to we're gonna throw it over to Wasabi. Hey. And she's going to tell us her five songs to add to this killer playlist. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Um, yes. Now, I like Josh, I also did some deep cuts and some actual B-sides. So depending on when the song was released, it could have been a B-side. And some might be slightly obscure. Now, my first song is called Plastic Fantastic. And it's by a band called Flesh for Lulu. They were a British band back in the 90s. They had a slight resurgent in the 2000s at some point. Um, This tune, I honestly don't remember where I heard this tune. I was quite young. It came out in 1989, so I was probably grade 7, grade 6 around that time. Um, I loved... I love the melody in this song, the pre in the pre-chorus and leading into the chorus. Um, it's really reminiscent of that '80s pop synth sort of sound, mm. you know, because we're just coming out of the '80s. It kind of makes no sense. It's just a pop tune that I really, really loved. This song is so obscure that there are no facts about it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. I like looked for about a, like 30 minutes. That's as much time as I had That's to give it. That's a lot of it's time. That's a lot of time on one song. Yeah, exactly. Finding and I'm just anything. trying to find. <laughs> and other than like there's, you know, I, you can listen to it on YouTube. That's about as much as mm. there is about the song. Um, but it's a great song. It just, I remember laying in my bed listening to it over and over. It's the last song on the album. Now, I had a tape for those of you who might not know what tapes are. Oh, they were these <laughs> <laughs> these little cassette things that we used to put in their, their actual tapes. Um, so that's how I used to listen to the song. It was a great song. I love it. That's really all I have to say about this song. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to say. Nothing that. else. Check it out. All right. <laughs> now, my second song is quite possibly one of my... It is definitely my favorite Aretha Franklin song. It's an Aretha Franklin tune. Mm. Um, it might be one of my all-time favorite songs to sing. I love singing the hell out of this song. Uh, when I perform this song, people lose their shit over it. They think it's a great song. I was surprised to learn that it's a B-side. Right. It's a, So the name of the song is Rock Steady. Ooh. I'm sure, like, I performed this at Grace's party. You did, you did. <laughs> and it's the B-side. Everyone keeps talking about this party. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really it was good. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> the police were there. Yeah, um, <laughs> twice. <laughs> and now, Rocksteady is the B side to the song Oh Me Oh My, I'm a Fool for You, Baby, uh, from the album Young, Young Gifted in Black, re- uh, released yes, in 1971. I love that album. Yes. So good, album. so good. Yeah. And it just it, it shocks me that Rocksteady is a B side because mm. it's got this like hard hitting funky drum beat and you know it's got the little guitar rip that comes in and you got the horns and the that come in the breakdown it's just like I love every moment of this song like the vocals that come in and the chorus and the way she's singing and it's just she sings it with such ease you know and just such yeah, attitude yeah. And, oh my god it's such a great song <laughs> so it was released as a b-side and it reached number two on the best-selling soul singles it was reached number nine on the billboard hot 100 and the a-side tune the oh me oh my song only reached number 73 on the billboard hot 100 so wow. they they clearly didn't get their wires correct yeah. um this song has been covered by a number of different artists including patty austin in 1994 so that version we perform in our respect show prince covered it in 2007 Uh-oh. yes and i oh. listened to it and, and prince adds this funky like bass groove to it it Oh, mind-blowing. I didn't actually know, realize, but I have that album of Prince's that has that song on it, but I've never actually listened to the album because it came as part of a coffee table book, this massive... 
amazing coffee table book that I have of prints and there's an album <laughs> stuck in it and I've never listened to it. I'm going to go listen to it. <laughs> and and then uh, another one of my favorite bands from the 80s, Hall & Oates, did a... Oates. Yes, yes. They did a version back in 2004 on an album called Our Kind of Soul and I listened to that as well and it sounds quite good. So I love Hall & Oates. So yes, Rocksteady, mm. one of... If not the best, in my opinion, Aretha songs that has ever, like, it just has everything. It, ugh, the song is everything to me. Um, <clears throat> my next tune is a Temptations tune. It was actually written for the Temptations, uh, and it featured Edwin Starr and Yvonne Fair singing. It was written by Barrett Strong and Norman Whitfield, and it's called Funky Music Show Enough Turns Me On. <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> show enough. And it's actually spelled show enough. S H O N U F F. Show enough. Giving you the phonetics. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. In case you didn't understand. Um, and now, again, not much. There's like no information about uh. this tune either. I don't even know that it was actually released anywhere. So it came out in 1971. It was covered by uh, a band called the Utah Saints which I think are kind of like an electronica sort of band and they featured Edwin Starr in their cover in 2000 and then the song was used on a FIFA 2000 game so it was used in the game okay. but and I didn't like their version <laughs> the version was terrible well it wasn't terrible but I was like not for you mm, yeah I mean an Edwin Starr sounds great in it <clears throat> the video is quite funky um, yeah, it's like the two guys from the Utah Saints and they're cut off at the waist and then they have like other people's legs down moving for them. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. And then Edwin's doing this like weird robotic sort of movement. <laughs> and, the, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But um, I love The Temptations. So, I mean, we all know The Temptations because they've mm. done songs like My Girl. And, you know, they're that really kind of nice, like, I love you sort of. But they also have this real funky side where they were releasing some really funky tracks in the 70s. And so I really like this one. Funky music show enough turns me on and because it's true. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my third song. So now my fourth song is off the Midnight Oil album, Blue Sky Mining, which was Come released on, in Midnight 1990. Oil. Yes. Little Australian band, if y'all didn't know. And the song that I really loved off that album is One Country. And I loved singing the song when I was a little kid. So again, grade seven-ish. And... Um, I used to sing this song. I think I listened to this song every day for like maybe three or four months. I'd come home from school and I would just drop my stuff and sit on the kitchen counter. And again, I had a tape. So I'd pop it into the tape deck and I would just listen over and over. Rewind it from the last time. Yeah, exactly. I would have to like fast forward, like stop. Did I get to the right spot yet? Yeah, I'm going to fast forward a little bit or stop play. Yep. And so I would play this song over and over and over. And, um, now, on this album, there were only three songs that were released on the album. So you had Blue Sky Mine, Forgotten Years, and King of the Mountain. And the album won the group a number of awards, of ARIA awards that year, 1991. So, I mean, they won Best Group. They won Outstanding Achievement. Um, they won Best Cover Art, Best Video, Album of the Year. So the album itself did amazing. But this was my favorite song, and this song was never released. And I, I love the song because it's... It's very simple. The melody is very simplistic. The message in it is that, you know, we're all one country. Like, we all have the same worries. You know, we all have to come home from work. We all have to have dinner. We, you know, and it's just, it's all about Australia being one. And mm. I really love that message. And, we I, and I just, are one, yeah, we are many. <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit better than that song. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> that is a great song as well. <clears throat> but I really love One Country. And ju it's just got this harmonious pre chorus. And, and it's, just, it's just a beautiful song. It's a very, very beautiful song. So I love singing it. I don't know that I knew much about Australia at the time like I never I knew about Australia you know because I used to watch things on television but I never really thought about it as in oh I wonder if I'll go there someday or what would it be like to be there or, you mm. know what are the people like there I just to me it just existed but I never really thought about it so I enjoyed music from there because it kind of 
made me think a little bit about like I wonder what the people are like there and and you know this album was quite protesty if you will, like you know, Blue Sky Mine was about the asbestos incident that they had um, mm. at that particular mine. And so it made me start thinking about the people in Australia. Yeah. So it was, it was a really good album, kind of opened my eyes a bit to the world. And now my last tune, and I think a lot of people might be shocked to find that this one is a B-side because it is quite possibly, as uh, someone wrote, one of the most popular instrumental rock and soul songs ever. And it's one of the most popular R&B instrumentals of its era, written over a 12-bar blues. Mm-hmm. Green Onions by Booker ah, T and yeah. the MGs. Yep, everybody knows <laughs> that song. Even if you don't know that song, you will know it when you hear the first organ. Yeah, you hear organ. the first riff. Yeah, and, you, and you're it. like, ah, yes, I know ah, that yes. song. <laughs> and that was, so it was originally le- really, origi- ugh, I cannot speak tonight. It was originally released as a B-side to the song Behave Yourself in May of 1962. And they, when the album had been pressed, they sent it out to all of these different radio stations and they got them to play it. And people really liked Green Onions. And so they quickly re-released it in August of 1962 as an A-side. <laughs> 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 so, or anyone noticed. Yeah, yeah so right. they're like, oops. <laughs> And you know, and that was a few months. Like, and at today we'd be like, "That's not a quick release." <laughs> but back then, that probably would have been really quick. Right. So I'm curious to know if anybody actually has a copy of the pressed B-side album because mm. that's probably worth a lot of money if you yeah, have it as a B-side. Mm. But yeah, so those. Uh, I mean, I've got one honorable mention. Um, I'm- When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM not going to say anything about it. I'll just say what it is because I know it's on Gracie's list. We will rock you. So, oh. yeah. So that's my foreshadowing over here. So that's my honorable mention. But those are my five songs. Oh, amazing. Well, they're killer choices, Asabi, as always. Thank you so much. Can't wait to press you off on this playlist. Mm. It's always an interesting dichotomy of music that we yes. have. That we have. <laughs> some well, obscurity and some well-known. Exactly right. <laughs> well, we're going to have a quick little break. We'll come back and we get to hear Gracie's choices. Stay tuned. I believe in love. Do you believe in love, Amy? I do, Gina. I also really believe in helicopter dates, bottomless champagne, sparkly cocktail dresses and big-ass red roses. Well, you'll be surprised to hear that we're obsessed with The Bachelor. We will be sharing that obsession with you and discussing all things Bachelor and Bachelorette. We'll be talking about memorable moments, who we think Batchy will choose and the lessons we learn along the way. So prepare your cheese board, grab the wine, and get overly emotionally attached with us, your hosts, Amy Duro and Gina Schwartz. Love, Bachelor. Two gals, here for the right reasons. A That's Not Gunner Productions podcast. And welcome back. You're listening to Shuffology with Asabi Goodman and Josh DeVetta. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> and the wonderful Gracie Mack. Now, today we have Aww. been talking about B-sides or the deep album cuts or the unreleased songs from albums. And we've heard from Josh and myself. And now we'd like to hear from Miss Gracie Mack. Yes, well, as Asabi mentioned <laughs> in her last bit, Oops. <laughs> I'm gonna kick it out the gate. We'll be rock you <laughs> by Queen, little indie band Queen. I'm shocked yeah. to hear this. Wait, is a who? It's a B-side. Yes. So, um, I was super fascinated by this whole concept of, of this song as a B-side because it was released with "We Are the Champions" as the A-side, yes. and they were really in the band's mind wanted to be played in in succession beside each other so kind of an a-side and a b-side because that's the way the records work at the time but really they saw them as a package deal yep. together and that's how radio a lot of radio stations played them mm. they 
um, would play them without interruption consecutively, starting with We Are The Champions into We Will Rock You. And that's because both of those songs were written, they're both anthemic, they, I guess the band felt like they had similar vibes, but also they were born out of this um, one experience that the band had when they were in their 1976 tour, a year before they released this A-side and B-side. In the 1976 tour, Day on the Races, they're in Bingley Hall in Stafford, which is like uh, in England, and it's like Manchester and Birmingham, and then in the middle of that is Stafford. So it's sort of like heading north-west um, in England, and they did their set, did an encore, and then they walked off the stage, and instead of clapping and demanding another encore, the qu- the crowd started singing to them. They started singing this song called You'll Never Walk Alone, which if any of you, which I am not familiar with football, <laughs> no, <laughs> with particularly <laughs> Liverpool, which is an area that's quite close to where they were, um, that song became a, a kind of staple of crowds singing that at football games, at, in Liverpool FC games. And so... Um, it's like a stadium song that fans would sing. And so they sung it as appreciation to the band. Oh, that's beautiful. And Brian May, the who who wrote We Will Rock You and the band's guitarist, um, said of it that we were just completely knocked out and taken aback. It was quite an emotional experience, really. And I think these chant things are in some way connected with that. These chant things being We Will Rock You mm. and We Are The Champions. So that's where those two songs were born out of. And it's really, even though We Will Rock You is the B-side, I think the band really saw them as interchangeable and kind yeah. of as one. Yeah, so that's my first choice. Beautiful, 1977. Beautiful. From the album News of the World is how it was eventually released. Oh, great. My second choice. And by the way, I didn't actually mean to be genre specific, but I kind of have been with all of my five choices. They're all 60s and 70s rock staples sure. of some some like branch of rock, not all just straight ahead rock. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my second choice is You Can't Always Get What You Want, The Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. Can't always get what you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I was excited that we're going to keep going. Get okay, what you want. <laughs> this is a B-side to Honky Tonk Women. Right. Which yes. is, you know, a famous song by The Stones, but this is a way bigger song. Yeah, way better. <laughs> it's a way bigger. <laughs> and, yeah, and I it. agree, it's a way better. Song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's from 1969. From the album Let It Bleed was eventually how they released both of those songs. It was written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, you know, the main songwriters of the band. It was voted number 100 by Rolling Stone in the 500 greatest songs of all time. Oh, wow. That's a really high, high up there. Yes. And the song exists in two versions. There's a single version, the shorter version, it's four minutes and 51 seconds. And that's what was released as the B-side. And then there's the album version, which is seven minutes and 28 seconds. Oh my God. So they really chunk it out <laughs> for the album version and so if you so you may be familiar with both or one version if you are a fan of this song the album version it's really cool like they have a lot of interesting things that happen and the the main difference is the very beginning of the song the single version just starts with Keith playing the guitar and the album version starts with an acapella choir oh the London Bach choir actually is who's singing there are a Bach choir so they're classical voices and uh, apparently Mick Jagger when he was writing the song or when he was writing his part of the song the parts that he wrote uh, he was envisioning a gospel choir and then he quote said there just wasn't one around at that point (laughs) (laughs) so they just got a different choir and it happened to be London Bach choir and uh, Mick Jagger said it'll be a laugh that's what he said about <laughs> of course I don't know did. if that's his exact accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the realm of, of British yeah. accent. But Pardon. he uh, yeah, they just they just got that choir because that's what was available. <laughs> Not because it's what they had visions for or anything. They were too doped up to care, I think. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I love this song. I think it's such a beautiful arrangement. It builds so, so sweetly. It has um, that gentle French horn in the intro in the album version, and then the congas in like really heavy percussion that comes in after the first chorus it just it just has this lovely flow and build to it and it has this um these different themes that come up through the different verses there's four verses and the first three verses the fourth one is just a reprise of the first I believe the first verse centers around love and developing that concept the second is politics and the third is drugs so he moves through 
these different ideas and each verse captures the essence and the initial optimism of the topic of love, politics and drugs and then the eventual disillusionment that comes from that and then bring into the chorus with you can't always get what you want mm. so it's That's got this really clever. yeah yeah it's it's quite um quite well written really i think it's really beautiful despite all the kind of random haphazard things of who they got for what reason on it um and it's sort of and it's it was in 1969 so some people have talked about how it really encapsulated the end of the long overlong party that was the 60s the end of the swing london scene it it really had right. this like somber tone that the party is ending we're coming in um into the 70s and leaving the 60s but there's also this uh, hopeful edge to it because the last line of the chorus is but you sometimes find you get what you need yes yeah so there we go that's my second choice beautiful beautiful my third choice is gloria Love that song. No. Side though, and this no, one was. No. <laughs> this one was the band Them, 1964. It was a B side to Baby Please. <laughs> a, a typo here. Baby Please It Go. It was definitely Baby Please Don't Go. Yeah. <laughs> didn't proofread. That's uh, It was one of the first songs. So Van Morrison was the lead singer of this band yes. that, that I'm sure of you, many of our listeners are familiar with. It was one of the first songs that he recorded with them, with the band Them, and written, he wrote it as well. And it's got this great kind of like. Uh, rambling style of verse the verses and it's super simple song it's just three chords the whole time it's just this really like clangy rocky sound 60s rock sound and sometimes apparently when they will perform it van well, morrison <laughs> mr morrison <laughs> we're not on first name basis um <laughs> he would he would sometimes just kind of ad lib the verses because it was just this, this love story about seeing someone being enraptured with them and being in love with them kind of at first sight and so sometimes he would just stretch out the song to like 15 20 minutes because he was like rambling and improving the verses which it, it if you listen to the song which you will on our on our playlist yes, it you definitely will. you can see how that could easily happen in the style of his approach to the vocals and how the the kind of chugging along background just keeps going the band he was only 18 at the time when he wrote this wow when, when this band was happening they were all pretty young i think they're all similar ages um and when they recorded it alan henderson the bass player in the band he hired some session musicians to like fatten out the band because he didn't really feel like they had the musicality to kind of get through. And so, and he, he so he hired a drummer and they already have a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> but he hired a session drummer and there's some, there's questions of whether he didn't mic up their actual drummer or not. It's kind of hard. Oh. Like some people that question whether he did something dodgy like that to, to in his mind to save the song because he didn't think that the musicians were up to scratch in the band that's terrible even though he's in the band (laughs) but he hired an organ player and a drummer and so he says that it was apparently the first rock record ever to use two drummers on the same song in the one session so there you go that's my third choice beautiful (laughs) what's your fourth my fourth is um, still in the 60s, mm-hmm. staying hard in the 60s, 1969. It's a band called Crosby, Stills and Nash. Oh, yes. Are you guys familiar? Yeah. Bill I love this band. I love this band. And the song is Helplessly Hoping. It's This band is so – they're a folk rock um, 60s group. And they are more famously known for their – extra counterpart Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young when Neil Young started singing with them but they did one album just as the trio and so it's three tight vocals there's not sometimes they have a lead vocal but for the most part it's three very tight beautifully blended harmonies which I'm always a sucker for and just like really really gentle guitar that's basically the entire thing and they they just really encapsulate this 60s scene to me whenever I hear that music it just makes me think of what I imagine the 60s were because I wasn't there but uh, <laughs> are you sure living vicariously <laughs> but it, the music. it just yeah it just gives me this very nostalgic feeling of a time that I 
wasn't a part of, but that's the power of art that it really can transport you to a time and place, even if you've never been there. Um, and so it was a B-side to their debut single, Marrakesh Express. Mm. And my uncle tells me that, because he loves this band, Uncle Alan, what's up? His, uh, uh, he used to listen to this all the time, and the Marrakesh Express was the train that everyone would take to go get their weed in Marrakesh right. in Morocco over the border where it was okay and then come back yep. to the UK to do their thing. So apparently, right. I'm pretty sure that's right. Maybe. So wait, yeah. they would go all the way to Marrakesh, mm, get they would weed. Go to Mar- or maybe they wouldn't go to Marrakesh, but it's called far. the Marrakesh Express and everyone <laughs> would catch that. Okay, because I'm like, they would have to get on a ferry. <laughs> like, cause yeah. To get to Marrakesh, you got to go all the way to Spain. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, there you go. Didn't do my research. <laughs> I just literally, it's literally just a story that my uncle told me like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's definitely about a train that that was called the Marrakesh Express, and it's where people used to go and get their weed. Sorry, I didn't mean. But to I like don't know where out. they were going from or to. to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Marrakesh Express was the <laughs> mental journey they were taking in their mind whilst <laughs> on the weed. <That's> exactly. <laughs> they they mentally went to Morocco because I'm like. Look, Wait, I didn't do well in geography. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stress me out. <laughs> it's okay, Gracie Mac. It's okay. Um, what's your fifth? Okay, choice? look, no, don't no. rush me. Okay, <laughs> I have more. Okay, unchecked. Sorry, I have I'm more. like crying. <laughs> my uncle also tells me. <laughs> just literally my next point. My uncle tells me that he told me that their first gig was at Woodstock in 1969 like their very first gig as a band was to 400,000 people Jeez. and I did I did actually verify that and that's incorrect it was a second gig okay. right. as a band but second. still that's and they're into good. the mic well, they're I'm glad in the, you researched that yeah. point <laughs> <laughs> they're in, in the, and in the Woodstock 69 film they're in there and they say something like this is our second gig we're scared shitless like they're just it's just like Ugh. and they do beautifully I mean that's what Neil Young is, is singing with them at that point as well Okay, my fifth and final choice, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I am so excited that this is a B-side. <laughs> I could not believe it. Yeah, I'm because quite shocked too. I know, it's crazy. And God only knows why it's a B-side. Yeah. Right. It's God only knows by the <laughs> yes. Beach Boys. Yes. I'm so excited because, I don't know if you guys know, but I had a party. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and some I, of us I know. Keep, I feel like I just keep bloody this. talking about it. And it's because... I, I'm just like, mostly bitter because I wasn't invited what? to the party. That's just what I was really it surprised was, that you weren't there. <laughs> well, we're just getting to know each other. Okay. Okay. I, well, Grace and I were only colleagues before this. We were only you colleagues like before yes. with It's yeah. true, okay. Okay, that's yeah. yeah, but also I was very worried about numbers. That's true. And it was like a dangerous cut, thing. You have to be cut through with the list. You do. You have to. <laughs> Someone asked to bring the housemate. I said no. Yeah, she, that's exactly. true. She did. Like, she you know, when, you got Buzz, when you got anyway, Busby so. Morale playing, I don't know who was playing. Herbert. Herbert. Oh, Herbert. Oh, Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? who do you think she knows? <laughs> but she knows. In my head, the party she had Busby. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, so okay. International okay. Artists. So I had this party and I, and I keep talking about it because, one, because uh, it was awesome it was and I had a wonderful time. It was very epic. But it's also like the most recent thing that I've done. <laughs> like nothing's <laughs> happening at the yeah. moment. No and I had this massive party and then nothing. So these are all my stories. All right, guys, don't hate. <laughs> this is her life. <laughs> All my stories are really localized. And people at the go moment. to Morocco to buy weed and go back. Just hop and a skip and a jump. That's right. So oh. the reason I bring up my party again <laughs> is because it was it was my birthday and all of my friends sung "God Only Knows" to me. It was so so beautiful. I get so teary just thinking about it. It was like they did this whole um, like video where a lot of people that weren't able to be there. And then they put the screen down and, they, and everyone's singing on the video is super cute to like a backing track and then the screen went down and then all my friends were playing and singing. Asabi was one of the leads. It was so touching and it's just, and it's the most beautiful message song and I always, I kind of half orchestrated it and then I was like, hey, I really like that song if you guys want to sing that for me. But a long time <laughs> before the party. <laughs> um, and it, it was amazing. This song, it was a B-side to Wouldn't It Be Nice released in 1966. And wouldn't it be nice? I mean, it's a nice tune. It's cutesy. It has appeal to certain markets, I suppose. But it's God still only the knows, gold it's so song epic. Hundred years later, oh, yeah. it's what? <laughs> it's the gold lo- the lottery song. It's still that. Wouldn't it be nice if right. you went to win oh, a million? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, 
So in the US, God Only Knows was the B side, but actually in other countries like the UK, it was the A side. Mm. So for some reason, I guess they thought the US would find, wouldn't it be nice, more palatable, which I could sort of understand because God Only Knows has some interesting things in there. There's some Mm -hmm. uh, unusual, especially for the time, aspects harmonically, the way the song is written. You'd kind of, for the whole verse, you don't really know what key you're in. It's in this like very ambiguous, which suits the message of the song, this idea of like, um, uh, I'm looking at my notes here for this quote I'm trying to find. Uh, Yes, being blind, but in being blind, you can see more. That was a quote that one of the songwriters um, Tony Asher said about the song. It's clearly high. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, come on. It's 1969. 1966, yeah, even yeah. more so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the fact that the God, the song mentions God in the main lyric was pretty but unusual for the time for a pop song. Yeah, but I you know, don't not that think... It, well, it doesn't it, talk about yeah, God as it's a... It's not spiritual. ...as an yeah. entity, but mm. just, just that, well, just like on a basic thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but, you know, just the just the... The concept that God was in the title was a little unusual for the time for a pop song. Um, the instrumentation includes accordions, French horns, sleigh bell, harpsichord, violas and cellos. So super unusual mix of instruments. And then at the end, they have this thing that you would call perpetual rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, if lots of you know, maybe know what a round is, where you just keep repeating one line or one phrase over and over and over and these perpetual rounds there's a whole bunch of different lines that come in with the different instrumentation then with the different voices and that was super uncommon for popular music of the era and so it was just it was voted 25 in rolling stones 500 greatest songs of all time it's like top 30 people and ranked by pitchfork as the greatest song of the 1960s and it's just so beautiful i love this song so much and that's why i wanted to cap off my list with it it's a great song gracie i love that song i will add one little thing about the beach boys too because what they they wanted to do because they had so many good songs they wanted to just they started releasing things as double a sides because oh. they were like, it's too good to be just a B-side song. <laughs> so everything was double A-sides. And I don't know if that happened with these two songs. It might have. Oh. But yeah, they, they started doing that sort of trippy just stuff. too bloody talented. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They're so good. And I'm pretty sure Brian, <laughs> I'm, Brian May, I should say. I'm pretty Brian sure Wilson. Brian Wilson was high when he wrote this song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he said, he said it was inspired by the Beatles and it was really stoned listening to yeah. their album Rubber Soul and was like, I want to write a song like this and yeah. sat down at the piano immediately. So, yes. This is like the most Beatles sounding Beach Boys song. Yeah. yeah. He, he said he was trying to yeah, attempt to match. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. And I do, I love this song as well. And mm. when they asked us to learn it for you, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had like every instrument. It was amazing. There was a harmonium, Sam was yes. on sleigh bell. Yes. <laughs> we had it all and i hope somebody took video of that yeah there is a video josh Devetta, we did not have josh <laughs> except runs where yeah. were the vocal runs that's right well we'll have to do our own chefology copy <laughs> anyway gracie those were amazing choices thank, thank you. you so much all right guys we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our favorite segment Holly Dooley. Hey. Well, oh, that is a... Struth. Struth. Struth, mate. <laughs> Look, 18 episodes Lightning in, fest. everyone. 18 episodes 18. in. Bloody Legal to drink this podcast. Legal to drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In Australia. Yeah, yeah, in Australia. So we've reached out. Yeah, and our everywhere else in the world except America. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's 20 in Japan. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Because well, I was about, drinking when I was there at 12. <laughs> oh Somebody gave me something. Oh. Well, speaking of legal ambiguity, we're up to our favorite <laughs> segment of the week, <laughs> which is... It's, it's a, a flop. flop. <laughs> you know, we've chosen some beautiful music tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary pals in between. But we also have some songs that aren't that great. Mm. And mm. <laughs> that's probably a reason why they are a deep album cut. <laughs> 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 slash B-side, deep slash unreleased. You had to dig. Yes. All righty, so we're going to go straight into it. Asabi, what is your flop this week? All right, my flop is Unchained Melody by The Righteous Brothers. Great choice. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, and it's not that it's that. a bad song. It's a it's just song. annoying. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's a, it's an annoying freaking song. It is overplayed an song. and underpaid. That's uh, right. Yeah. Overplayed, mm-hmm. way overplayed. It's the B side to "Hung on You," 
and which right. I haven't even heard either. Yeah, so I'm like, like whatever. Okay, if I'm gonna say what version I like, it's probably maybe Peter Gabriel's, and that's about it. Huh? No, no, Gar- so no, not Peter one. Gabriel, Gareth, um, <laughs> Garth Brooks. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Well, you know, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> All right, Gracie. What's what's what is the what is a disdain in your life at the moment? Well, at the moment, <laughs> the <laughs> potentially controversial, but it's I am the walrus. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's a B-side, which some dads are just losing their shit at the moment. <laughs> the Beatles, the best band in the world. Uh, uh, yeah, not. Nah. I, I, I like the Beatles. I like a lot of, lot of the things, but I'm the walls is fucking stupid. It's a stupid song. <laughs> Thank you. And I actually could enjoy it in some situations. It was a B-side to Hello Goodbye. Oh, oh that's it? a great yeah. song. Which is a great song. Yeah, I like yeah. that song. So, so yeah, it's just, the you know. B-side to We All Live in the Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> which would be the B. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a kooky and you can tell they're just like, let's I be kooky. Yeah. yeah. That's Let's my flap. kooky down your throat. Well, thank you for your opinion. <laughs> Grace, uh, my choice is probably it's more like in the vein of all the uh, pop princesses that are chosen tonight. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the opening track of her, of, so it's Rihanna. Now, don't get me wrong, I freaking live for Rihanna. Mm-hmm. I am a, I'm in the Rihanna Navy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she has a Navy? Yeah, that's, what, that's, what her, that's what her fan base is called. Really? Is it? Yeah, it's called the Rihanna is, Navy. Wait, was that because she was in, um, yeah, that, that movie. Yeah, uh, Masters of the Universe, not Masters of the Universe. No, no, no. So is it called she, the G.I. Joe? About a ship or something. Yeah, she was know. in G.I. Joe. Was she? Yeah. G.I. Joe? I thought it was G.I. Joe. Or was it Pacific Rim? Sure. It was something terrible, something whatever terrible. it was. Anyway. Also, yes, but I like I friggin' live for that woman. Like, she is sexy. She is hot. Her She's music pretty amazing. is just like... Rung, dun, 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 dun. like I'm just, I get Um But, um, so the opening track of her album... It's that bad. It's not anti. It's um the one before that. <laughs> Unapologetic, um, oh. and the opening track is called "Fresh Off, the, Fresh Out the Runway," but fresh, fresh with, with a pH. Yeah, with a pH. Oh, um, you know it's like, out of all the Rihanna songs in my life, that's not one for me. <laughs> fresh like, out the front runway. Fresh out the runway. Exactly. Now, but also I like love Fenty Beauty. It's like some of the best makeup I've ever put on my face in my mm. entire life. Like I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Rihanna, but yeah, that song's just not it. So that's my Great choice. All right. And that's our podcast for this week. Yeah. Thanks for listening in, everybody. My name's Josh Devetta. We have Asabi Goodman. Well, Gracie Mack. Goodbye. Your fellow chefologist. Thanks for coming into the lab with us. And we will see you next time. Have a good day. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.